Thought Guy. So, a physician, an engineer, and a politician were discussing who among them belonged to the oldest of their professions. And the physician said, well, you know, remember on the sixth day, God took a rib from Adam and fashioned Eve, making him the first surgeon. Therefore, medicine is the oldest profession. The engineer replied, not so fast, Doc. Before that, God created the heavens and the earth from chaos and confusion, and thus was the first engineer. Therefore, engineering is the older profession than medicine. And the politician just sat there smiling, looking at the other two. And after a moment, he spoke up and he said, my good friends, who do you think created all the chaos and confusion? Chaos seems to be rampant. We got out of control or poorly trained police in the news. We've got nature and, and the climate screaming at us through fires and floods and earthquakes and everything else. Governments, not only ours, but all over the world that are working very poorly and a lot of political morass going on. We've got stuff happening in North Korea, the Middle East, the flu, something's going around again, the flu. We have divisiveness, lies, hatred, conflict, aggression, racism, classism, you name it, we got it. Fear and darkness seems to be looming over us like pollution like the pollution in Beijing, China, you know, where everybody's wearing a mask. So many divisive and negative energy seems to be flowing around. And it makes you want to walk around with a mask like they do in Beijing or wear earplugs or dark glasses so you don't have to see or hear any of this stuff, sort of like the monkeys, you know? So many facts are out there Screaming confusion, collusion, foolishness, deviousness. It's all surrounding us. And I'm seeing people, and, and I find it in myself now and again, I'm seeing people getting tired and drained and depressed and scared and downright annoyed. But you know what? Those may be facts, but they're not the truth. Carl Sagan said, those creatures who find everyday experience a muddled jumble of events with no predict, uh, predictability, no regularity, are in grave peril. So that the degree that each of us perceives these facts, all that out there, to be our truth, we stand to be in more grave peril. We sink into that. We allow these facts to become our truth. I think it's time for us to remind ourselves that we must perceive all this darkness, 
all these facts, all these lies, all this whatever's out there, whatever we are hearing on the news, etc. We need to perceive all that through the principle of light. The principle of perfection, wholeness, and completeness, even if we don't see it. The perception of living the science of mind and spirit. That's what living the science of mind and spirit is all about. Now, I'm not telling you anything new. That's partially why you come here every week or go to the workshops or go to the events that are here. You want to solidify, you want to concretize your self-awareness that you are the God of your experience, that the divine is within. But I'm realizing that self-awareness is not always enough. And I realize it in myself as well, that it's time for us to be more vigilant, more vibrant, and more voracious in our living the science of mind and spirit, not just knowing about it, not just learning about it, not just studying it, not just coming here and hearing about it, but living it. Plato said, the part can never be well unless the whole is well. I just noticed that a couple of days ago, I was buying a, a muffin and they had that up on a sign and I was reading that and I went, the part can never be well unless the whole is well. And I thought about it, I went, is that true? And so I looked it up and, and I realized that Plato was talking about one's bodily health. That, you know, if the whole isn't well, then the parts will start falling apart and vice versa, actually. But then I realized, you know what, this works with what we're doing in our minds, too, and in our hearts. The part is our personal experience in the whole, which is the community, the country, the culture, the world, the universe that we live in, the cosmos. Now, I want to give you a little definition, and this is Carl Sagan also who gave this definition. Cosmos is the Greek word for the order of the universe. It is, in a way, the opposite of chaos. It implies the deep interconnectedness of all things. It conveys awe for the intricate and subtle way in which the universe is put together. So living the science of mind and spirit demands that we train our minds. That's what the science of mind is about. It's about training your mind. We don't tell um, our communities what to think. We inform them how to think. So we must train our mind and our heart mind to perceive life beyond the facts, to perceive it through that deep interconnectedness of all things. Now, Ernest Holmes said in this fabulous book, um, the 365 Science of Mind, I don't know if you've seen that, it's a little book about that big, and you open it up and each day there's um, a little saying and, and a little explanation of, of the saying that he wants you to think about that day. 
And in it he said, whatever our idea of God may be, the perception of reality is always an inner perception. So you're going to get people out there, and you've probably heard this, and some of you have been brought up with this. Well, it's the facts. That's the facts. That's the way life is. That's the facts. So the facts are reality. Yeah, no. The facts are a reality based on thoughts and beliefs from the past. But what is your reality? What is the reality, as they, they used to like to say in, in New Thought, the reality with the big R, the reality of the divine? There is an intelligence surrounding us and within us that awaits an imprint from our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs to bring into form and to experience that which we desire. So what is it we desire? Not just in our lives in this moment, in this part of our play, but for the whole production. You know what I mean? The country, the community, the culture, the world. What is it that we want? We spend a lot of time in prayer, and I'm going to talk about prayer in a minute, about um, you know, what we want to experience in our lives. What do we want to experience in our community? What do we want to experience in our culture, in our country? You may notice, if, if you take the time to think about it, that when the light grows brighter, and I mean the light of people being whether they believe in this philosophy or not, there is a light that starts to shine, and you see it in, in new thought communities, and then you start seeing it in the greater part of communities. There's a light that shines as we start realizing the divine within us and surrounding us and our part in um, expressing that and manifesting not only greatness in our lives, but in the lives around us. As that light starts to grow brighter, sometimes the dark and the shadowed starts fighting. And I believe that's what's happening now. People, there are energies in the cosmos that want to create chaos because that's what it's used to. We do this in our lives too. We get used to um, bad relationships, um, friends who aren't supportive, careers or, or, or specific jobs not supportive, bodies that aren't supportive. We start getting used to that and starts becoming the norm. And even though we may not like it, it becomes a habit and it sticks around. Well, that happens in the whole as well. And it's not the devil fighting God, because we don't believe in that kind of stuff. That's not how it works. There's no devil, you know. <laughs> it's truth versus the imperfections that mankind, humankind, wants to buy into. Do you get what I mean? We are... We, as especially in the New Thought community, are scary, scaring those shadowy perceptions that the stupid part of our egos are allowing to show up in our culture and in our world. So, so it's screaming louder. It wants to be heard. 
And if you listen to especially talk radio, not just the news, if you listen to talk radio, most of them are yelling and screaming, and I don't, I don't care which side of the quote-unquote aisle you're listening to, whether you're listening to super conservative, conservative, super liberal or liberal or progressive or whatever you want to call it, no matter which one of those you're listening to, they're all screaming and yelling. This should be like this. This is not like that. You're wrong. I'm right. You listen to that long enough, you're going to soak in it like mud. And you're going to live a life with that confusion and that darkness and that they versus me perspective on life. We, especially in New Thought, but, but not just in New Thought, we are here to train our minds to see truth even if the facts don't show it. If in the miasma of what seems to be, be becoming the norm of conflict and despair, we sit in the truth and see behind the junk and see the truth in the awakening of humanity, that's going to come in more and more. See, I believe no matter how you voted a year or so ago, and how you, how you feel about where the government is now, I see that as a wake-up call. A wake-up call for us to step into our light, not just for our own personal lives, and our pocketbooks, and our health, and our job, and our loving relationships, etc., etc., but for the greater whole. It's a knock from the universe to, to say, okay, well, you know, it's great that you're working on your own life and that your intentions for your personal experiences have stepped up, but now it's time to do it as a whole. Not that we haven't done it before, not that there aren't people doing it or, ha or have been doing it, but for all of us to step up for the greater good of all. In the seeming chaos of life, the cosmos, the order, will emerge triumphant as we, as individuals, step into working for the whole. Now, I'm not saying ignore what's happening in the news, in life, in our city, in our country, in the world. It's rising above it and using what might be called problems as opportunities to step up, take action, and live, act, think, and perceive with the truth, with what we know is the truth, that the divine is in each and every one of us wanting us to have a magnificent life. Now, we all get to decide what that is, but really, do you want a life where Things are in chaos in your life or in your community? Of course not. Ernest Holmes again said in 10 Ideas That Make a Difference, if our acts, as they must, spring from inward thought, then it follows that if we change our thoughts, we will change our acts. And of course, our tool is using spiritual mind treatment or affirmative prayer which I've talked about over and over and, and other people have talked about over and over, that thought, thought plus feeling is belief. And beliefs 
equals manifestation. And that's not just in your own personal experience, but that's in the experience of the greater good. We each get to decide if we want to be discouraged or inspired by the chaos that we see or perceive out there and then see the truth in everything, no matter if it's good, bad, or indifferent. Kind of work like the universe works. Not have a, a perspective of necessarily, I hate this or I love this, but okay, this is the way it is. Do I want this? No, I don't want this around me anymore. So now I need to work from my heart and my mind and my imagination and my gut to not have that around me. And the more and more of us that do that, then that chaos, that darkness has no place. That energy has no place to be so that it can go back into the universe and the universe can use that energy for good, for the greatest good. And I mean in the little g good, in the positive good. One day two frogs were hopping in and out of the watering hole areas and they accidentally hopped into an extremely deep hole. And they tried to leap out and they were jumping and jumping and they, they couldn't get there, but they kept trying. And then they thought, well, maybe we, sh we should get some help. And they were yelling and croaking, however frogs do that, until other frogs showed up. And the other frogs were looking in the hole and they were like, ooh, that hole is too deep, you know. I'm not sure what we're going to do. And they started leaning, leaning over the hole, and they were late, waving their front legs. And they began to yell to the frogs, sorry, it's too deep. We don't know what to do. Why don't you just give up and die? <laughs> There's no hope. But both frogs, they're leaping, and they're trying to get out of there. And, and finally, after a couple hours... Um, one of the frogs, unfortunately, just gave in. Just listened to the negativity and the chaos and the you're never going to get anywhere and the shadowy and the negative energy out there is too great. So just give up. And that frog gave up. And that frog died. Now the other frog is still leaping still has hope, still sees this chaos around it, still hears the, the frogs up there at the top of the hole screaming, there's no hope, there's no hope. But this frog just kept jumping, just kept jumping, just kept jumping, and finally got a hold of something and was able to climb up out of the hole. And the other frogs, they were like amazed. <laughs> Whoa, that frog got out of the hole, caught its breath, and then went around thanking these other frogs. Thanking these other frogs who were looking down and go, give up, negativity, all the bad energy is taken over, give it up, bye-bye. That frog just went around and was thanking all those other frogs that were saying all this negative stuff at it. And the other frogs were like, what is going on? And what they realized eventually was 
they found out that that frog that lived, that got itself out of this hole of negativity and chaos was deaf. Sometimes we have to turn a deaf ear to what others are telling us, not only in our lives, about our bodies, about our jobs, about our relationships, but about the world around us. And I don't care if you buy into, um, you know, Joe conservative or buy into Joe um, progressive or liberal, I don't care which one you buy into, they're all saying, even in, in a seemingly positive way, that life is a big S-hole, as we've heard in the last couple of weeks. They all do. Now, I personally, I listen to more of the... Um, I guess you could call liberal or progressive kind of talk radio if I'm going to listen to that. And they still talk that way. Oh, he's this bad and she's that bad and they're negative and if we go this way, we're going to go in the toilet and blah, blah, blah. It's crazy making and these are supposedly the people who are supposed to be progressive, moving forward. But no, they spend a lot of their time complaining just like Probably the conservative radio does as well. So sometimes we have to turn a deaf ear even to that which we believe in. Not this philosophy. I don't mean in that way. I mean believe in in the greater whole. The law of belief tells us we must live the science of mind and spirit at all times, not just the good times, not just the bum times, all times. I know I've said this before, but I, I remember um, some, sometime in the early, early 2000s or something, people started talking about, oh, the 90s were great, the economy was so fabulous, and blah, blah, blah. I don't remember anybody in the 90s going, oh my gosh, the economy was fabulous. Isn't it great now? <laughs> they didn't feel it then. They felt it later in some historical sense. Things are happening around each and every one of us all the time, but they only happen to us to the degree that we perceive they're going to happen to us. We attract this darkness, this negativity, this chaos to the degree we accept it to be in our lives. It doesn't mean that negativity is not going to happen out there. But how much is it going to show up in your life? Not just in your part, but in everything around you. We are the change not only in our lives, but in the life of our community, country, culture, and world. And we do it with our consciousness. Consciousness is all there is. There's no me, there's no you, there's no them. It's all consciousness. And we are the agents of the divine by living the science of mind. We are the agents of change, not only in our lives, in our part, but in the whole, in the community, in the world, in the country, by living the science of mind. See, self-awareness is not enough. Coming to church, going to the workshops, going to the events, 
wonderful as they are, and we all should be a part of them, is not enough. We must be vigilant, vibrant, and voracious, like I said before, in applying every day, not just for the part, but for the whole, the science of mind and spirit. Now you may ask, how am I going to do that? I, I'm losing hope. I, I, I watch the news, I listen to my favorite commentator, and it's, it's just depressing. It's, it, how do I keep motivated? How do I turn away from the conditions, as we are taught to do, but do it without rose-colored glasses? Because turning away from the condition doesn't mean you, you, you do this. Oh, it's not happening, it's not happening, everything is good, everything is good, yeah. No, no need to ignore what's going on out there. Sometimes I find myself identifying with those who are oppressed and downtrodden. It breaks my heart. And I find that as more of a motivation for me to take action in various ways. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's prayer, sometimes it's actually um, uh, being of service like you're doing this afternoon. Because it's breaking my heart versus making me angry. Because when I'm in anger, I find that all I am is in anger. And it doesn't motivate me to do anything but, but sit there and steam. And I become ungrounded and unmotivated and uninspired. But when I feel for, for what's going on, I find myself inspired to help. I find myself to take action as someone who is living the science of mind and spirit. So I want to ask you to follow the law of faith. Dr. Holmes tells us that the law of faith operates on your belief and on your decision, and it holds things where you place them. What the law of faith does for you, it must do through you. We must use the power of faith to propel us, knowing our beliefs demonstrate in our experience. In the actual book, Living the Science of Mind, Dr. Holmes said, by some divine interior awareness, there is an intuition with mankind which pushes him and her forward. There is some spark which has never been entirely extinguished. Even when you watch the news, even when you listen to your favorite commentator and it starts getting negative and ugly and you get, start getting angry and or sad, there is still a spark within you if you allow yourself to take the moment to tap into it. The prayer of faith, continuing with Dr. Holmes, and belief, communion of the soul with its source, fans this spark into a divine blaze in whose light dark shadows no longer lurk. Let me say that again. The prayer of faith and belief, communion of the soul with its source, fans this spark into a divine blaze in whose light dark shadows no longer lurk. This is inspiration, this is illumination, this is the perception of wholeness. So how do we keep that going? other than letting our hearts feel 
for not only others, but for our culture and our country and our world. Well, prayer, spiritual mind treatment, affirmative prayer, prayer in mind. Prayer is mind in action. Yeah, you're going to, you might, um, you might give some money, you might give some time, and we all should in the best way that we can, but prayer is mind in action. We must use the power of affirmative prayer knowing that it is the fuel to use our faith and belief in the truth to better our world both in the micro, in the part, and in the macro, the whole. Again, from uh, Living the Science of Mind, Dr. Holmes says, prayer is an alignment and unifying process which takes place in the mind as it reaches it to its divine self and to that power which is greater than human understanding. In the act of such prayerful and reverent communion with God, one senses the unity of good, the completeness of life, and at times the veil of doubt and negativity, etc., etc., is lifted, and the face of reality, with the big R, appears. And this communion pronounces life to be good. Prayerful communion ascends to that place where unity has not yet become variety, where the unformed one is ready to take any specific shape, and in this act of communion, the individual becomes a co-partner with the eternal one and gives birth to time, space, and conditions. When we match our thoughts, my friends, and our feelings into a harmonious declaration, we use our divine powers to heed a call to action, not just for ourselves, not just for the part, which is fine, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that, but for the whole Living the science of mind and spirit is for the whole as well as for the part, the individual. By some divine interior awareness, Dr. Holmes says, call it what we will, there is an intuition with man which pushes him or her forward. There is some spark which has never been entirely extinguished. The prayer of faith and belief, communion of the soul with its source, Fans this spark. Fans this spark. How can we say no? We don't say no when the universe starts manifesting great stuff in our lives, right? Because we know how it works. Our beliefs and our thoughts and our feelings get together and the universe listens and it hears and it goes, oh, that's what you want. Great, got it, here you go. And over it goes, right into your life. We don't say no to that. We don't say no to the universe bringing all the great stuff into our lives. Sometimes we do temporarily. But when we think about it, we go, oh, okay, oh, whoa, look, oh, that thought? <laughs> Not thinking that stuff anymore. Oh, oh, I see how this feeling and these dumb thoughts that mom taught me, um, they're not working for me anymore, and we get those out of our lives, and then boom, we manifest whatever. The new car, the better relationship, the better job. 
all those bills paid on time every month. Wow. That can happen in the same way with our greater community and our country and the world. So I want us to say yes. I want us to say yes to living the science of mind, not only for ourselves as individuals, but for our community and our country and our whole culture for that matter. Yes, I have the belief. Yes, I have the faith. Yes, I have the perspective of the perfect outcome, no matter the facts, the news, what we see and what we hear. Now, today we've discussed the law of belief, the power of faith and prayer as mind and action. And I want to remind you in this month, especially as you end this month about living the science of mind, that all of that comes into play and are needed as we develop our spiritual muscles. We're always developing our spiritual muscles. That's why we want to meditate and do affirmative prayer every day. To use this law of good, that power that the universe that is greater than any of us, but is always available to us to bring about not only greater health and increased prosperity and better relationships, et cetera, et cetera, into our lives, but into the life of our community, our culture, our world. I want to honor each and every one of you who do that already, sometimes unknowingly. Honor all of you that are going to go out this afternoon and help feed people who are temporarily not able to feed themselves like they should. Or should's not the word. Like, no, should is the word. Like it should be. This, in this world, no one should go hungry. No one should go without clean air and clean water. The technology is there. The food certainly is there. Just the stuff we throw away in this country could probably feed a lot of people throughout the world. But let me get back to honoring each and every one of you for stepping up into the truth, not only in your lives, but in the lives of those around us in our community, in our greater good, in our culture, in our world for leaping into the atmosphere of truth, to swim in the ocean of truth. And I want to promise you that as we do that, not only for the part, but for the whole, we will start seeing this chaos go away. Yes? Are you with me? We got a lot of living to do. Let's have at it. Thank you so much. So let's take a deep breath together. That was a lot. That was a lot. I'm asking you to save the world. Save the world. But we save the world by saving ourselves. One deep breath, knowing that the power of the divine is in each and every one of us right here, right now. It never goes away. And each and every one of us, I am, you are stepping into that divinity, allowing the spark of it to bring the flames of good, positive good, 
not only in each and every one of our lives, but in the lives of those around us. So that this positive good, this, this prosperity, this success of love and light shines and lives in each person, in each life, in this country, in this city, in this state, in this world, in our culture. I step into the light and allow it to spark me to not only make my life manifest to its greatness and its magnificence, but to the lives around me. I lift up through the power of the divine and upgrade consciously, intentionally, everything around me. Each and every one of us doing that here and now, stepping up in mind, body, spirit, heart to bring the greatest good to bring cosmos to bring the order of love and gratitude and light onto this planet onto this society and to do it right here, right now. So I release this word with thankfulness, knowing that its power has made a difference right here, right now, and that the future, because of this, will never be the same because the light and the love is shining ever brightly. As together we say, and so it is.